September 1st, 2018. It's a lot from Pedro Show.
beg forgiveness I've been such a fool Lost and alone I spoke your name out loud To the room Traveling far To be where you are Traveling far Towards the brightest star Lying on my back Eyes open, eyes closed Imagine voices creak and crack Making fists, wiggling toes Traveling far To be where you are Traveling far Towards the brightest star Pedro Show, happy September, first day. Brother Matt, uh, still unavailable, so man alone, but not totally man alone, because although it's been difficult, we're using the powers of Skype to make connection between myself and I'm uh, Tarlo. Uh, you're in Indiana? No, uh, actually, these days I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, kind of close. Yeah. Uh, and Adam's a part of a band called Murdered by Death and just got their new album on Bloodshot, and I love it, and I would like to talk uh, to you about it. But before that, uh, I should say what we start off the show uh, with John Coltrane from that new Lost album, Both Directions and Once, uh, Impressions, and then something off your new album, Traveling Far, Murdered by Death. Uh, Adam, what's your earliest music musical recollection? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, in my house... I grew up with uh, a stepdad who uh, he had at the time like these crazy migraines. And so we didn't listen to a lot of music in the house. Uh, And so when I think about early. Well, I just lost him, people. Yeah. So my stepdad had these migraines uh, that were really bad when uh, I was growing up. And so we didn't listen to a lot of music in the house uh, because it was just disruptive and tough for him. But it was always like sitting in someone else's car or something. Like I remember hearing the beach boys uh, when I was maybe like three years old, when my friend's dad was driving us around being like, these guys are amazing. And like, listen to these harmonies. Like they're, they're all singing. And I think that was probably, one of my first memories. 
Okay. You're in the Beach Boys. So I take it, uh, there was a, there was listeners, but not music makers at the pad. Yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely not. Um, what about school? No, what about at school? In school, um, you know, I went to music class in general and, you know, just sort of sing. But I have this really distinct memory of being really afraid to sing and just mouthing along in those group sing-alongs when I was in elementary school and just just moving my mouth instead of singing. Like, I was just terrified of it, I think. And I remember uh, church. Like, I grew up, like, my family, my mom's from Italy and we're, like, we're Italian enough that uh, the priest would have dinner at our house on Sundays. <laughs> and uh, I remember singing in church a lot. And uh, that's, it's funny because it took me a long time to figure out my singing voice, my natural singing voice, I think somewhat out of shyness. And uh, I realized later that the voice that I was most comfortable with was the lower voice that I would sing uh, in church. And I just didn't know how to translate that into the music that I was trying to make as like a teenager. Well, yeah, because you were into Beach Boys. That's kind of high up there. (laughs) (laughs) What was the first record that you bought yourself? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to remember. So I wasn't into music very much as a young person, Um, like as like, you know, pre-adolescent. And then I got really into it. And uh, so I'm trying to think, like, I, I think I had stuff, like, probably, I, I'd say I'm 37. I had stuff that was, like, maybe uh, MC Hammer or something early on that just, like, all the other kids were like, you got to get this record. And then I remember getting uh, in... Uh, I got really into my stepmom's vinyl collection and she was quite a bit younger than my dad and she had this amazing, more formative, I mean, maybe the first one I bought was maybe like the Blue Album by Weezer. Like that's the first CD I remember buying at least. But the stuff that I had from her before that was like Iggy Pop, The Cure, Joy Division, David Bowie and it was just, that stuff just blew my mind in maybe like fifth, sixth grade. What about gigs? What was the first gig you went to? So, I think my mom took me to a Peter, Paul, and Mary concert uh, when I was, you know, like a tot, maybe four or five years old. Uh, I don't remember it, but uh, I do remember the venue, just like an outdoor amphitheater thing. Oddly enough, my first concert that I, I went to that was like me asking my parents if I could go to a concert was in sixth grade. My friend Randy, his favorite group was King Crimson. And he was like, hey, do you want to go to this concert? And I said, I don't think I've ever really just gone to a concert. And he took me to see King Crimson with the California Guitar Trio opening. And that was like a crazy first concert because <laughs> it's just complex stuff. You know, I mean, you were a lot of notes. I kind of went from, yeah, I went from zero to a thousand degrees there, or a thousand miles per hour there. And, uh, it really opened up my mind to like this music thing is is huge. There's so many opportunities for different things. And then I started going right after that. Um, my stepmom started taking me along to concerts, and her friend uh, Debbie, she started taking me to concerts too. And I mean, by the time I was uh, in eighth grade, I had seen like well a lot of the groups I mentioned, like Bowie, The Cure, this uh, Iggy Pop, Lou Reed. 
uh, I, I saw so many concerts in those years, like whether, what, what else was happening? Like the red hot chili peppers. And like, uh, I saw like the Jesus lizard and, uh, just crazy stuff that, you know, most seventh graders, sixth graders, eighth grader, whatever, are not going to see those shows. And I just dove headfirst into music at that point. I was, and then by the time I was 13, I was like, I'm going to get a guitar. And cause my buddy had one and my, uh, my friend's mom had a $20 acoustic that she had bought at a garage sale. She was like a picker. And uh, she was like, hey, I thought you might want this. And I gave her $20 from mowing lawns, and I started trying to learn how to play that guitar. Did you take lessons? I did, actually. There was like this blues guy. Uh, I grew up in Detroit, and uh, there was this blues guy that was a teacher that my friend was taking lessons from, and he would just dive in and just say okay you're gonna lose learn how to play like blues and jazz and um i'm not a great guitar player i'm like a totally competent player but he really showed me like i just didn't have that like natural i'm just gonna shred and he really showed me a lot of the ropes and how to do some of the harder stuff so that i was able to maybe get a little better than um you know being untrained and uh you know, I really appreciate the. I, I probably worked with him for three, four years until I went away to school. And um, do you remember his name? I mean, he, oh yeah, Rob Abate. Okay, give yeah. him credit. Give him credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he was he was a hell of a player. I haven't seen him for a long time. Okay, but you're most grateful for the learning, right? Okay. Very uh, much. Wh- uh, what about uh, composing? Did you start writing songs right away? No, um, I didn't start writing songs right away because I just didn't know that I was going to be that guy. And, uh, like I was playing guitar with my buddy, Ben, and he was, he was a shredder. Like he could really play and just, you know, we used to joke that uh, his philosophy with the guitar was most notes wins. And, uh, so I, I learned to lay back a lot and say like, I'm gonna let you do the hard stuff. And so we would play together a lot and it got to the point where like, okay, we sure have been jamming a lot to these, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan songs that you love so much. Uh, so like, let's try something else. Let's, uh, let's mix it up. And, uh, so we started writing just, you know, some riffs and original stuff. Can you, can you remember the first song you wrote? No. Okay. Honestly, for me, uh, so it was basically I just started writing because and I started singing just because no one else that I was jamming with as a, you know, 14 year old would wanted to sing or try to write the, you know, the lyrics or the structure of the song. So I just kept trying. And I think I must have tried a hundred times before I got like what was a complete song. And it, of course, it was not very good. But whenever people talk about like learning to write. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a trial and error. You know, my advice is always just just keep trying. It sucks. It's so hard. And then eventually, you know, eventually you actually start to learn, like, this is not, you're not just pulling it out of the ether entirely. That's part of it. But there's also a structure and there's rules to follow. And, you know, then you learn, like, I like to break a rule every once in a while or, you know, play a wrong note twice. So, you know, that's, I heard you said you're playing Coltrane. I think that was one of his pieces of advice, like, I think it was him who said that if you play a wrong note, play it again so they think you did it on purpose. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Uh, I want to play True Dark, okay?
into the dark But nobody came Nobody heard I've been searching my whole life for you Always come up dry Maybe better luck next time In the pie and pie Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide
This song is a right to petition. Look like a shreve. That's way too big. A peek at the wholeness that's way too big.
מוסלמיות לגנוען
you thought it would be Everything you thought it would be A picture of the past and the future that you see Is it everything you thought it would be?
with his mother heart
my words hollow Promises brittle as my bones You'll get nothing from me You're squeezing water from a stone And I'm full enough to be this alone Ain't you supposed to bend Ain't you supposed to flex like a willow in the wind Ain't it easier to bend And world Who stayed behind My will is So that was True Dark by Murder by Death. Uh, named the band uh, from Brazil after that with I Wonder. The Blanks out of Arizona, I'm a Gun, brand new. Political song from Mike Jackson singing. That's a Minutemen song, but covered by Sun Watchers and Eugene Chadbourne. Huge out of uh, North Carolina, but Sun Watchers, New York City. The extract out of Canada with Cygnus. 21 Vec from Macedonia with Postle de Not. Uh, <laughs> Lagnuva now Obama. Sorry for my poor Macedonian. Uh, Joe Burrow, <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin. Let's get down to the Derby. Uh, again from Brazil, Vermes de Limbo with uh, Pico Tres. Ha Ha Tonka Heart. Everything. Yeah, some bloodshot acts here. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Make it up to Mama. 
uh, Adorable from Barrett's Whitfield, The Savages, that brand new. And finally, Stone by Murdered by Death. Okay, so can you remember your first uh, gig, Adam? Yeah, I definitely remember my first gig. Uh, it was one of those like coffee house things. It was uh, at a place in Detroit that we used to walk to after school and just drink, you know, tons and tons of coffee as, you know, 13, 14 year olds. And eventually we asked if they would let us uh, play there. I was maybe, I was maybe 14. And, you know, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was just, it was, you know, we were just playing. It was did like this, a couple did, of songs that we wrote. Did this band have a name? We didn't yet. No, I mean, eventually we went on to uh, we you know played a, a couple bands. Me and my friends from high school, uh, and then uh, but this was just like this is just like uh, we're gonna play and we're gonna tell the people that we know from school uh, that might come watch it. And you know our parents were there, and you know which is very nice. Uh, <laughs> that's that's something that actually I, I, I like to I have to say my parents have been really supportive. Um, They've been, I remember when uh, we first started, we, we actually dropped out of college because we started to get some record deals, uh, like small ones, but, you know, but something and people telling us, you gotta, you gotta do this, take them up, you know, go for it. And they, they were really freaked out about that. But then after they came and saw us play like a, a show where there were a bunch of people singing along and they actually just flipped totally. And, and they, they come to our concerts, you know, whenever we're in Detroit, uh, they'll come out and uh, every once in a while they'll travel and come to a show that's like regional and it's just been really nice to, you know, to have them there and it's it's cute because they were at that show. Yeah. So, uh, but this is like junior high still. This is like freshman year of high school probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you got the garage band or, or in the bedroom. I, I don't know. What'd you guys practice? Uh, basement. basement. Uh, we had well, actually. So let's see. My my buddy Ben. We would practice in his uh, in his bedroom. We would just work up there. And then there's a couple kids' basements that we would play in. Uh, and then eventually it became my house, my basement. Uh, I bought a little like hundred fifty dollar custom PA that we had set up down there. Uh, and we would push the ping pong table over <laughs> and have band practice. <laughs> and uh, it was great. I mean, you know, we we had a lot of on just trying to figure out how to do music and it was really it was really challenging and formative and um we, we ended up doing this band that I, i'm actually still really proud of uh that we did when we were maybe 17 we started it called frank tanana named after a player for the detroit tigers sure and it it was kind of like a punk uh but also we were just it was like a joke band uh, with most of the songs being about how we claim to be the illegitimate children of Frank and Anna. <laughs> and it was, it was really weird, but it was, you know, teenage humor and we had a lot of fun. We played like, you know, basements and living rooms and stuff. Did you ever record in his basement? We recorded on a Tascam like cassette four track that I had. And we made a record that we would like burn to CDs and tapes and, uh, you know, I've got a copy somewhere, but, uh, you know, songs had titles like, um, dear Frank, thanks for not pressing charges, dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. But you didn't even need a record label. You were doing it all yourself. 
Uh, I mean, you know, it, it was it was pretty casual, but it's funny because it it I think that it sort of was formative because you know we work with Bloodshot Records and the last three records, and they've been great. But we also do a lot of the hands-on stuff ourselves. Like we distribute our own vinyl. We have for 15 years. Um, we you know we press it. Uh, we actually do our own mail order. Um, we do a lot of like hands-on stuff that. Um, you know, I think honestly, uh, folks like, like you and Fugazi made an impression on me that you know, like, there's a, just go do it yourself and, you know, just do, you, you don't need like some big label pushing everything and just telling you how to do things. And, you know, I grew up in, in that era of just like, if, if you want to make it happen, just go out there and do it. As bitching. Well, let's get into murder by death. How'd this band happen? So this was honestly really similar to my high school experience. Like I went away to college at Indiana University in Bloomington and I just met a bunch of musicians and we just started just playing music my freshman year. Uh, so I was, well, I was 17 and then, well, and then yeah, 18, I guess, right Bluebird, when I right? Uh, started meeting these people. In Bloomington, uh, Bloomington Indiana, uh, the Bluebird? Yep, that's the place, man. Okay. Yep. Because I played there a few um, times. Yeah, I think I saw you in Detroit maybe about 20 years ago, but I don't think I ever saw you, and I was probably on the road, honestly. Uh, I, fact, most of my time, time that I lived in Bloomington, we were just touring. One time but, in uh, Bloomington at, at the Bluebird, I met Barron's, uh, uh Marcellus, Bra- Bradford Mar- Marcellus. Oh, really? That's it. Barron's Goodfield, I just played one of his songs. Yeah, Bradford, I think he was teaching there or something at the at the school. And he was at the gigs for some reason. And anyway, wow, I, I remember a little bit. Okay, so these are guys from school that you you put the band around. Yeah, so basically we were just playing around, and we would play um, the first the first show uh, that we did uh, with our lineup was actually a battle of the bands, and we played one song. And uh, while we were playing this big, long, dramatic like instrumental song like right at the peak of the moment uh like the loudest moment the power went out and it went out for like three blocks oh and the whole campus went out for several days and it actually i think added to a little of our mystique and our uh everybody said it was us and i think like from that moment on we had a little bit of a a little help uh from just the magical kind of all the kids were like, whoa, they were rocking so hard that the power went out. Were you called so, Murder by Death? No. Yeah, so we had a different name back then. We were called Little Joe Gould, which was the exact opposite name. It's from an E.E. E. Cummings poem. Yeah. And we just had no idea, you know, what kind of band we were going to be. We were just, we were doing all different kinds of stuff. And uh, later we changed the name, which I'm, I'm semi regret because we always get mistaken for a death metal band, but you know. <laughs> yeah, where did the name come you? from? So, Murder by Death is a very silly movie that was written by Neil Simon, who actually just passed. And right. um, it, I, it's a movie I saw as a kid that's just ridiculous, kind of like a murder mystery spoof. And I think yeah, the logic I think I that remember we had. It. It's kind of a satire. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, the logic that we had in our 19 year old brains was we make this really like dark music and let's just try to soften it with a silly name. That's like, it's kind of a joke. It's like a little dark, but it's also a joke. 
But, uh, you know, some people get it and some just are like, why are you called that? <laughs> now, so. that's when you were 19 years old. How many people from yeah. that, the band are from that lineup? So the only people from that lineup that are left are me and Sarah, the cellist, who's my wife. And okay. so we, at this point, we are down to just the two of us. But because um, the band's been together 18 years now. Sure. And um, it's uh, almost 19, but yeah. That's amazing. So it's kind of family operation. <laughs> yeah, you know, and but the members who are with us now, you know, like our drummer has been with us. It's going to be 12 years this January. So, you know, I mean, it's the new it's, guys. Actually, We, the we definitely guy. have a it's not just like us and then a rotating cast of characters like the people who play with us play with us for years, you know, many shows. They put the time in and um, it's, you know, they're always, they've always been band members. It's yeah. not like a. It's not just uh, like the side, show. side mice. <laughs> yeah, I understood. Look, yeah. we're at the end of the first hour, uh, September first, two thousand eighteen. Dishwalk Pedo Show. A special guest, Adam from Murder by Death. Hold tight for hour two. September first, two thousand eighteen. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Such a 
Bucket Man.
Stalker says, oh, but with the chicken full of piss and I feel the lonely offering a smile. With the cautious pair of blockers, and the dust of talkers a smile. If you're hopping in a hurry, there's a room with dust and mist, and I'm about to pull the veddies from the van. Oh, I'll just keep a talking, but I'll just keep a rugging this time. Officers get ready in the ballroom, that I need that. Pulling the confetti from the ballroom, and I see I'm walking so silently, I'm walking so silently, I'm walking, walking, walking. They fall on me, it's not sex, it's Saturday, I'm walking, it's Saturday, I'm walking, it's Saturday, I'm walking, 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 Have a time, time enough to make up my mind how to say it right. When time got tough, I made my bed, then I laid in it. It was my chance. My moment To take the reins To face the day Burn up bright But I made it away I march these halls I do my time I see is no longer mine. My body ran with pain, and to what end? This place is changing me. I don't know myself, know myself, know myself. I rise from my slumber too soon.
Pedro Show, start off the second hour with Murder by Death doing Bloom. Leopold Bloom. Eric Bloom, right? Stung guitar for Blue Oyster Cult. That's where D. Boone got his mm -hmm. name. Uh, after that, from uh, Western Chicago, if there's such a part, West of Chicago, The Healers. Uh, Why These Dreams? And Chris Butler out of Akron with Nicotine Weather. Bird Perverts, Upstate New York, I Might Be You. Moldoman out of Baltimore. With no edits in heaven, the whole A-side. Midwestern medicine, but they're actually out of Portland, Maine, with Sassahoma, something live. And then finally, only time, murder by death. So people, Adam uh, off-air was learning me that murder by death, critical component is the cello. So getting that. That's further. right. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, for me, it's all about how the range of the cello uh yeah, it's it's the closest to the human voice, so you can use it in so many applications. Where it's if you go low, you can create sort of a, a drama or a tension um, or a real sad dark moment, or you can go high and get aggressive or you know a moment of maybe like uh, just sort of a beautiful sort of yearning feeling. And I just feel like there's no other instrument that just works in so many ranges and in so many different ways. Uh, and she, Sarah really does a great job. In you this can get scary of, too. Uh, what about that part on Jaws? <laughs> yeah, the Jaws exactly. soundtrack, right? You can get very Classic. scary. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's really righteous. Uh, I was saying my, my only weird thing about it is the way you have to play it between your legs sitting down you know but it's such an incredible thing and it's actually in between you know the violin and the bass uh, you know the old stand-up they're basically the same instrument just different proportion but there's something about it being tuned in fifths like it is but not being all tiny so it can still get bottom end exactly. I, I, think it, I think it's a really incredible instrument too I think the word in Italian is sky so it is like the whole fucking sky uh, what was the first, um, was Sarah in the band right from that beginning where you knocked out the power? Yep, she was, yeah. So she from, was. So from the beginning, the band had cello. Yeah, we played one show with these two girls who were part of the music school at IU, which is very renowned, and they played violin and viola, and then their professor said, nope, 
you are not going to be in an indie rock band. Uh, so they <laughs> uh, they basically bailed after that one Beauty. show. Yeah, and Sarah, we met Sarah, and she was like, "I'll play with you." Have you ever heard of she a band really called? Good. Have you ever heard of a band? I think they were New York City people called Rasputina. Yeah, we actually played. We did a tour with them in two thousand four. I think they had three cellos, right? Yep, they did, and yeah, that that was like the only other band that we knew that was using cello at the time. Because um, you know, at some point, you just you're aware. I mean, I remember the groups that were using like strings that I was familiar with were like Dirty Three and Godspeed oh, yeah, You Black cast. Emperor. Right? And, oh yeah, now Montreal. Actually, like, there's more. Absolutely, Th- both those bands. I even got to jam with Dirty Three. We were, we were the Filthy Four. Here, I want to play uh, <laughs> Chasing Ghosts. Sure. Keep running, keep running, keep running. 
Thank <laughs> you.
Susan Silk singing foo fa foo. Susan Silk and the young ones gin and milk, and we're all blind drunk and the jolly man's foo. Loose Jason Puss singing foo fa foo. Loose Jason Puss round the barn and the house, and we're all blind drunk and the jolly man's foo. Kaffee's laid an egg, singing foo fa foo. Kaffee's laid an egg, out in the farmer's leg, and we're all blind drunk in the jolly man's foo. Farmer went to plough, singing foo fa foo. Farmer went to plough with a turkey and a coo, and we're all blind drunk in the jolly man's foo. Kyer in their bed, fa foo fa foo. Kyer in their bed, and the bairns are in the shed, and we're all blind drunk in the jolly man's foo. It's a tapsel teary song, singing foo fa foo. Tapsel teary song, oh, as broad as it is long, and we're all blind drunk in the jolly man's foo. It's been a long ride. I just wanna step outside, stretch my legs, drink up the light. Everything. I, 
Pedro Show, we heard Chasing Ghosts from Murder by Death, and after that was Patrick Grant with Tuana Clahonta. I don't know where the fuck that's from. Instituto, no, I know that's Cecilia, a long wait. And then Missing, Falling Down. Still Houseplants out of Glasgow with Dance. I might be doing something with them in February in London. So, Sewing Silk from Quinny one of their collaborators. Finally, I Have Arrived by Murdered by Death. So tell me about this new album. Yeah, so it's it's a weird record. Uh, I like doing uh, songs that fit together. Uh, and so it ends up being kind of like a concept if you choose to listen to it that way. And the way that I like to write that kind of record is that you have these individual songs that each, you know, exist as a song. But they, if you want to look at it, in a bigger picture yeah. it's like a a part of a bigger story like chapters and for the in listeners who just want to yeah it's, it's like if you want it to be a long form narrative you can kind of follow the thread of the story and I, uh, the way I like to do it is I provide just enough information lyrically and you know tonally with the music uh, that we try to present like just enough information that you can fill in the blanks with what you want and that way uh, it feels really 
just sort of like a collaborative thing where the listener can like dive in and make some interpretations for what the meaning of the song is and how it relates to the story. It just makes for, it's just a bigger album experience. And part of the reason I like to do that is that, you know, culture right now is not very album focused. And, uh, and I like to, I like to push against that and just do it and try to say, Hey, listen to this whole record. Just put it on, man. It's not that hard. Like you don't have to cherry pick songs all the time. You know, people are so, um, people are so into like throwing stuff away real quick. But I, I, you know, I think like if people dig in a little bit more, I, there's so many records that it took me 10 tries, you know, that, you know, I spent my like 12 bucks on it and I, maybe I didn't like that much the first time, but then I just kept listening because I'm trying to get my money's worth. <laughs> and then all of a sudden later it clicks that this is, Oh my God, I love this record. I just, I just need to warm up to it. So I, I kind of write for the whole record when I'm, when I'm, when I'm starting the songs and the band, all right. Uh, Do you want to like uh, yeah. give away the big story idea of this album? Sure. So yeah, I mean the loose idea is, uh, or the briefest way to describe it is, it's this idea that uh, there's a dying Earth and there's, uh, I guess two, two people. One of them decides to stay behind, uh, and the other one says, "I'm out of here. This place is, you know, it's not worth living." So. They board uh, basically like a spacecraft, I guess, and it's it's got this sci-fi element to it, and they just go across the galaxy trying to find the next thing, and then the other one soon after realizes that they're uh, that they made a mistake staying behind, and they chase them across space, and so the record starts with this sort of more Americani vibe, and as it goes on and on, um, the person who's uh, chasing them across space is like stuck by themselves in this craft for years, just left alone with their thoughts. So there's this real contemplative uh, element in the middle of the record. And then near the end, uh, they see the planet in their sights. Like you just played the song, uh, I Have Arrived. That's sort of like the moment where their joy and mania of uh, just thinking, oh my God, have I finally made it? Have I finally made it to my destination? And it's sort of this manic, happy song. but yeah, it's this weird idea that I just it just kept emerging as I was writing lyrics, and I found that there was a story that I liked, and I, I just kept uh, trying to write songs that I think fit into that story. Sure, it was sure. a lot of fun. Honestly, we had as a band, we had so much fun writing it and talking about like, so what happens next? Like, what you know, what are we missing? What needs to happen? How much mystery do we leave? So the sequence is very important. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, so it's I, a fucked, I, mean, I fucked it up. I just put the socks out of order. <laughs> I'm no, so sorry, honestly, Adam. but that's, that, that's the best part is that like, it's supposed to just be individual songs too, but it's just, if you want to dig, you can dig. Sure, and sure. like, yeah. And I mean, they're, you know, people are going to have their favorites. It's just how it is. You know, they're going to break it up and they're going to put, you know, one song in a mix and that's great. But, uh, it's just also something else. You know, I got to tell you, I share something with, I, I've done th- what I call operas, I've done three of them where they're like big songs and what we yeah. call songs is just part of the big song, I actually got the idea from The Who, they had this uh, song on one of their first records called A Quick One Why He's Away and me yep. and Dee Boone yep. really like this idea where one song could go these different places like a book does with chapters exactly Yeah. 
it's just it's great as you know a creative person to just give yourself different ways to to work i mean if you, if you just wrote songs for the radio all the time yeah i mean if you just try to write that style all the time i that would just be boring and so if you give yourself like a little experiment say oh, i'm gonna try this and if it works i'll keep trying it and you know move on the next thing next time right I feel like, like you're you're saying the difference between a 45 and an album yeah, it's just yeah. a whole and other I, world. It doesn't have to be a collection of 45s. It can be like a different way of looking at music, a longer form. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, like like when 45s were big, I mean, you had all these different writers writing all these different tracks for performers. And, you know, it made sense that they were all trying to write singles because that was the way that it was working. But, you know, I mean, for me, it's just that's that's not the way that, I want to write my music and even if that you know even if like single culture is is back again this is not that's not who I am as a musician and that's not who my bandmates are uh we'd rather just do whatever is interesting at the, in the moment and it's it's more fun that way I think I think there's more longevity No it, it makes good sense to me and look we're at the end of the second hour September 1 2018 Dish Wap show special guess Adam from Murder by Death whole tech for hour 3 September 1, 2018, it's the third hour of the Watt Pedro Show.
There's nothing wrong with it at all. Well, if you will not say to them, tell me who will. If you will not say to them, tell me who will. If you will not say to them, tell me who will. If you will not say to them, tell me who will. An eye for an eye, no day for a day. There's nothing to
swirling definite space Shakes the bolts and the bearings Fills the walls of this place Until I step For Pedro Show, we start off the third hour with New Old City, Murdered by Death, then some stuff from, uh, from Pedro here, uh, Lady Hump, Black Camaro, uh, Plebes with uh, Payday, uh, Rats in the Louvre, 
Red Flag. Got. I think they're from here. Maybe Long Beach, huh? And the Solden Bones uh, from up in Hollywood, born in L.A. Uh, Oswald Dovey out of Czech Republic, responsible citizen. Actually, Italian guy living in Czech. And then finally, mm. Space by Murder by Death. I guess that's uh, when, uh, yeah, the, the one cat leaves and the other, or is it when <laughs> the other cat uh, tries to chase, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's that song's a really uh, it's sort of a homage to like Bowie and Brian Eno, and we have this uh, very rhythmic bass that just uh, sort of pulses while the cello basically just shreds yeah, on that yeah. song. Uh, wh- what about Torn? This album. Yeah, so we're actually leaving on Tuesday. We got a U.S. headliner. Um, we're Starting on the West Coast, uh, we're coming through your area. We're playing the Regent, uh, and I think, on the 12th of September. Coming right um, up. Yeah, we're playing Solana Beach in the Regent, and then we're going up and doing... Solana uh, Beach is probably the belly Fillmore up, right? in San Francisco. Solana Beach Recyc- is probably the belly up, right? Uh, yeah, belly up in Solana Beach. Yeah, Fillmore in San Francisco, Ace of Spades in Sacramento. Uh, we're super, super excited because we're playing some really nice rooms and uh, just, you know, uh, it's been a minute since we have been out there doing a headlining show. We took a little time off before this uh, uh, album came out, before we started working on it because uh, key, our keyboard player had a baby, uh, him and his wife had a little girl, and Sarah and I opened a Neapolitan pizza place in Louisville, Kentucky, where we live. All so that right, was our baby. Margarita. Yep. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Napoli. You know, uh, see. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it comes to playing it live, do you have to compromise much with what you recorded? So we haven't done a ton of live testing with these songs, um, but when we've been rehearsing, we're actually really pretty excited about how much we've been cover. Um, we didn't do a ton of overdubs, um, so it's it's pretty organic. Um, but, you know, I mean, sometimes just being able to, like, push the subs on, in the mix is, you know, you hope you, I, our sound guy, who's actually an LA, LA guy, uh, is uh, he's going to have a lot of fun, I think, mixing these new songs live. <laughs> well, what about, gonna, uh, what about the, the, the gig, Adam? It, do you play the whole piece in order, like the way you wrote it? So actually, no, um, we ha- we're not doing it on this tour because it's kind of one of those things where we don't want to just like slam the new stuff in everybody's face. Sure. You know, we want to let them get warmed up to it. And people are really responding to the record. So that's that's good. And maybe, you know, next time we do a headlining tour in like a year or something, if that's something that people want to, you know, if they're telling us that's what we want to see, we would certainly consider it. Um, I think that'd be a cool way. We've done that once before. About ten years ago, we did a tour where we played the record in order uh, to tell the story, and um, actually two records that back up to each other. But um, so we might do it. We just for for now, it's about just saying like, "Hey guys, check out what we made." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to play a last. Okay. Baby, you're right I'm no good Got a heart made of glass And a head made of wood 
Let me make it clear When I'm gone, I'm gone The night's just the night And there's no coming dawn When shall I return? I confess, I don't know What's around the pen? What's left to unfold? I could promise you the moon Brought down with the last soul I need to stay But alas, I must go In the stark woods behind your old house I buried some things that'll leave you no doubt Something to prove myself to you Half is a lie, but the good part's true When shall I return? I confess I don't know What's around the bend? What's left to unfold? I can promise you the moon Brought down with the last soul I need to stay But alas, I must go Maybe you should move on And I'll go Met, full of decay from a life in the red Oaths that I broke, the money I spent Couldn't make it work, couldn't even make round The people I forgot that I knew that I meant Maybe my life will repay the debt I need to stay I need to stay I need to stay But alas, I must go Thought you wanted me to stay But you need me to go I just wanna say Now I finally know
saw people pray I saw people fight I saw the day turn to endless night The rivers rose and it took its toll Hope faded I folded Skyscrapers fall to the ground Children lost in the rubble and never found Last night on earth Last night on earth Don't look back, it was the last night I saw a husband Cradle his wife I saw satellites fall from the sky I felt a hope that I carried inside Died I saw power, corruption I saw wild dogs scavenging the schools Last night on earth Last night on earth Don't look back Don't look back It was the The charlatan sold water to the drowned The lost instructed the found Far out there I saw you surrounded by light The fire of your spirit burning bright I saw the glimmer of the hook The last page of the book Just a spark to catch my eye And I knew I was on borrowed
for Pedro Show last music for this edition I played some long ones so Alas by Murder by Death Concrete God Shall Part 1 Farther South now Tel Aviv and then finally Last Night on Earth Murder by Death yeah uh, Adam if people want to know about your band how do they find you on the internet usual ways uh, you know we've, we've got it all up there we got murderbydeath.com or okay. we do our own I should tell people distro. that um, I should tell people that yeah and you know M U R D E R B Y D E A T H H dot com. You got it. <laughs> okay. So go there because they're going on tour soon and you can see their sketch. Now, you mentioned some West Side, but is, is it the whole country? It's everything but the South, which we're, uh, we're going to come back and do a few months later. Uh, we were just actually just booked that tour already. But we're doing, yeah, like it starts on the West, doing theaters and stuff out there and then we go do midwest and east coast you know doing all the classic stops uh new york boston chicago atlanta and you know just jumping around atlanta uh, there's yeah, a southern starting... town there's a southern town atlanta yeah that's as south as we go in fact that's where that's... our keyboard player lives actually well that's the biggest town in the south believe it or not first one there to get go. a four yeah, i remember when the four lane the olympics came so they gave them a four lane freeway Ooh. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, did you make a video for one of the parts of this piece? We actually haven't, and we're talking about it. We're not sure because you know I think there's a lot of opportunities for it because it's pretty visual. But um, we just uh, if we're gonna do it, we just want to do it right, and we've just been so focused on you know getting the album out and getting the tour you know ready and promoted and everything that it's been so, it keeps going to the back burner, but. I really like music videos, even though there's not like quite the application there used to be. Uh, it'll be fun. Man, there was a point. There's any amazing directors, reach out. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Adam, in the 90s, there was bands spending more on the video than they were on their albums. Oh, yeah. I remember because those videos were awesome. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, and that all just changed. Huh? Just like, that's all right. Things change. That's the only thing that stays the same. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, did, I forgot awesome. to ask you about the recording. Where was recording done? Yeah, so uh, we made the record here in Louisville, Kentucky at La La Land, and uh, Kevin Ratterman uh, produced it, and Anne Gautier, she uh, did the uh, engineering, and uh, they are this amazing team that uh, we were lucky enough to be friends with, and it was just so easy for us to just drive one mile to the studio every day. Sure. And just set up and just they would just crush it and it was just so painless uh kevin actually just moved to la and he's living out there um uh he's working i don't know where he's working out of right now but he's just trying something new new city can he's i ask a great you guy is that is that studio near the bardstown road pretty close yeah it's just <laughs> off it actually i try to tell people about louisville like almost everything is off the bardstown road <laughs> It's starting to grow a bit. Uh, we, we've had kind of a boom lately, and uh, there's just a lot more neighborhoods than there used to be. But, yeah, that's certainly – that was the case for a long time. Do you know Lexington, you know, the capital, big town, right? It's uh, mm -hmm. home of Richard Hell. Oh, really? Yeah. So don't, tell, no don't believe that stuff about London or New York City being the home of punk rock. It's Kentucky. <laughs> it's Richard Hell. 
<laughs> That's a great thing. Uh, uh, how, do, how do you guys tour? Do you use a van? You know what? We still do. Um, we do a van and trailer. We, we've always had like the 15-passenger van with a 14-foot trailer. Um, we've a couple times had the like the bus discussion because most of the bands that play the clubs we do are in a bus and we keep just saying man uh i'm good this is what i'm used to i mean we've played something like 1800 shows with this band and it's like at some point it's just what you know and you know it costs more to do the bus thing and everybody's just would rather bring home the bacon and uh just do it the way we're used to i like that thinking that's the way i work too Jamie, yeah. Jamie Connell, bring what you call it, bringing home bacon. <laughs> bringing home the bacon, yeah. yeah home the bacon. Right, take take it home, and not just. Yeah. I know I'll put some bus drivers. Well, there's people who want to. They still got work. There's people who like to be driven around, but I was just curious. Oh, yeah. But you do do the trailer. It's hard to park. I'm, I'm not a trailer guy, really. Well, Sarah is our expert. She's the she's the wizard. Like I've seen her. We just did these shows in a cave and. Uh, Tennessee like two months ago um, and we had to go down this like gravel road through a forest to get there and she was just driving over rocks with the van oh, and trailer and every person there was watching her get down there was like this is incredible yeah much <laughs> she much can, she can parallel park much much you know, in Manhattan with no problem yeah so people don't know about those skills <laughs> it's a thing big time big time I want to thank you so much for being on the show Adam and uh, safe seas for you guys. Keep that keel in the water. Uh, I'm going to try to come see you, okay? Please do, yeah. Come okay. say hi. Okay. It's been a big honor to have you. Album's beautiful. I can't wait for the next. People, it's been September 1, 2018 edition of the Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>